0: gonna be King Jesus because he is King Jesus even you know when you just say King Jesus it feels humbling doesn't it it's it all in perspective just in Jesus, it's in no, he's King Jesus. And Kyle and I, we pray this year at Kingdom City Church. Would let him be our king. That we would let our life. I'm so sorry. That we would let our life, our hearts. Lives are precious to us. But your life, our life, and our church life, our community, it's holy and it's more precious to Him. You'll experience all of heaven, you'll experience the promises of God in your life in a more full way when he's King Jesus over your life, over your relationships, over your thoughts, over your habits, over your words, over your conversations about other people. So can we just take a moment, if you're on watching online, we just welcome you today. The men at Lansing, we welcome you today, we celebrate the release of somebody in our church that is not in Lansing and now can come and worship We're praying complete freedom and that your purpose would fully be everything that God has called it to be. So let's just open up our hearts to God. Father, we come before you. It feels like holy ground right now. Thank you for meeting us as we declare that kingdom first, holy ground. Thank you for meeting us. It's only you that changes lives, it's only you that transforms hearts. And so we seek you and we thank you that as we seek, we find. I thank you that as people knock, doors are being opened. I thank you, your goodness and your peace is being released. I thank you anxiety and fear and unhealthy relationship dynamics just begin to go away as we crown you king. And that's exactly what we want to do today and every day. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Well, you can go ahead and be seated. Welcome to Kingdom City again if you're watching online I think there's a greater blessing for everybody that came out today in the room but we're so glad that you're tuning in and we're so grateful for um, the location at Lansing and all that God is doing there and so um, so cool to see what God is doing in so many hearts and lives this year and we have been preaching on um, kingdom culture And was there anybody here last week? Kyle started a new series on, on kingdom culture, and I'm gonna continue that. Today And I pray today that this wouldn't just be another, just a, a message or a sermon that would bring inspiration to your life, but I pray that you will draw on the person of the Holy Spirit and that he would make this information, that it would be something that would be transformational in your everyday real life. Not in the persona of what you have or how people, how you appear to people or what people think about you, but know in the real quiet places of your heart, of your soul, and of the rhythms of your life that you would begin to experience transformation and do things a different way, a kingdom first way, God's way. Our verse for today is going to be found in Ephesians 2.10. Ephesians 2.10, and it says this, We have become his poetry, a recreated people that will fulfill the destiny that he has given each of us. For we are joined to Jesus, the anointed one. Even before we were born, God planned in advance, thank God that God plans in advance, our destiny and the good works we would do to fulfill it. So today I want to talk about, as we're unpacking, what does kingdom culture look like in the context of Kingdom City, and really in the context of our own hearts and our lives, I want to talk about the culture point of destiny is a daily decision. We just read in Ephesians 2.10 that we have a destiny, that there are good works that we're called to live out, to see that destiny that God planned in advance for you. That we actually would be people that would realize it and walk it out in 2024 in a brand new way. So, Father, we come before you and I thank you for your word. I thank you, Father, that it is alive, that it is active. I thank you, Father, that as I teach today and share your word, I thank you, Father, Holy Spirit, that you're the one that takes the word of God, anoints it, divides it, and releases it to the hearts of your people, Father, in a way that we would be meaningful, significant, transformational, and it is something, Lord, that they can apply to their life. I thank you, Father, that your word brings life change. It releases miracles in our life. I thank you that every person here, under the sound of my voice, Father, I thank you, God, that you have a destiny, a plan, and a purpose for their life, and I thank you they would walk in it, they would have revelation of it, Father, and they would have a passion, and a focus aimed towards it like never before this year and it is in Jesus name we pray can I get a big kingdom city amen amen Amen. well destiny it's kind of a big word isn't it destiny is a little bit of a daunting thought like you say it it's like oh you have a destiny wow what does that mean You have a destiny. It seems and can feel a little grandiose. Am I the only one? It's like, it feels like it's out there, up in the heavens, up in the sky. Will I ever realize it? Will I ever know what it is? How will I know if it actually happens to me? How do I know if I'm walking in my destiny? Am I the only one? And so here we are, we're, we're, we're wanting to know, God, well, what is the destiny he said in his word? He actually uses the word destiny so many times. I've been studying it all week. It's all over the word of God. Do you know that? So it's a real word that we have to learn to take from that grandiose place of sitting in a church service going, well, great, that's really great to preach, but how do I really unpack that and live that in my life? How do I experience it? What is destiny. See, destiny is very simple, actually. It is God's purpose for our lives. It is our God-ordained future It is where you're, if we talk about a little bit of a micro level of destiny, not just the macro level of God's kingdom, God's prophetic plan that's interwoven all throughout scripture from the Old Testament to the New Testament to the church right now continuing to live it out. But when we look at it at a micro level of our own personal lives, it is where our passions, our personality, our giftings come together to influence the world and make an impact for eternity in our everyday, ordinary lives. See, destiny is what God has planned and desires for us to become in his divine will and his wisdom. Each of us are destined to play specific roles according to the gifts that have been given us in ordering the world around us and ultimately the kingdom of God. Do you know that you can begin to live your life every day in the world around you in a way that will live on for eternity? That's goals for me. I'm like, that's real goals. That the everyday, the just the normal parts of my life, the things that I can see, the things that are mundane can actually be my destiny when I order them according to the plans, the purposes, the values, the word, and the whisper of the Holy Spirit that there are practical things that God has given me, talents and gifts. There are practical gifts that God has given you from accounting. There's lawyers in this place. There's doctors. There's nurses. There's teachers. There's social workers. There's accountants. There's stay-at-home moms that are pouring their life into their children. There's all kinds of career paths that normally align, you hope, with some of the natural gifts and talents. There's entrepreneurs, people that love to build businesses and brands and do things in a new way and have creative, innovative thoughts of solving problems with new solutions. Do you know those things are a part and actually begin to tell you, cue you to things that God wired you for in the big word that we would call destiny. Ephesians 1.11, it says this, through our union with Christ, we too have been claimed by God as his own inheritance. Like you think about like the inheritance that you will get from your mom or your dad or your family, your grandma, and grandpa. Or maybe you've already received from a parent or a situation, maybe somebody passed and you received inheritance. And it's, it's kind of a big deal, right? It's special, It's what somebody worked for their whole life and chose not to spend or squander, but to put away so that they would have something to give that is precious to the next generation. And God is saying to us in Ephesians 1.11, hello, you are my inheritance. That's what God thinks about us. That's why people are the promised land here at Kingdom City Church because people are God's inheritance. That is how valuable and how special you are in the sight of God. That is how much time and planning and attention and detail that he put into forming you in your mother's womb so that you could go on to do the good works and fulfill the destiny that he planned ahead of time. See, before we were even born, he gave us our destiny. That we would fulfill the plan of God who always accomplishes every purpose and plan in his heart. So destiny, destiny is playing the long game. It is not a short-term goal. You've probably read the book. Maybe if you're, if you're in business or in your career, The Infinite Game. Learning to play the infinite game, not looking at everything like, what can I do for this now? Not squandering everything, not spending everything, not thinking that everything has to work out right here, right now, or I'm going to give up and lose heart and lose sight. No, because you're playing an infinite game. You're playing for the long run. You realize that failure isn't final. You've got to keep going forward. It's only final if you quit. It's learning to play the long game in life. That is a life of faith. And destiny is the long game with Jesus, not a short-term goal. Trials, suffering, testing, patience, not my favorite word, loss, unmet expectations. All these things. We could go on and on about different things. We all go through different degrees of the things that I just said on this side of eternity. You probably could share a story with me. If we were going out for a coffee, I'm sure you have something that someone doesn't guess about your life. And then you hear someone's real story and you're like, oh, I had no idea they walked through that. I had no idea that that was a part of what shaped them and formed them. Wow, man, what strength, what courage. I see what forms you to be who you are today. So we all walk through some of these things on this side of eternity, but I want to, as we unpack this a little bit more today, I first and foremost want to kind of reframe and simply remind all of us That those things, the trial, the testings, the the tribulations, the persecutions, the suffering, the patience, the perseverance, all those things, that is not the end game for you with God. Those things are not your destiny those things are not the good plans that God has planned for you. Though we walk in this life we will go through trials. We are reminded of that by Paul in scripture. We will go through things that test our faith but the Bible says it's because there is going to be a greater weight of glory produced in our life in our heart. There will be a greater strength, a greater joy, greater love that would flow through our life because if the love of God is not present in us then the Bible says every everything else you do? Nothing. Preach, prophesy, pray in tongues, have insight, discernment, doesn't matter. Without love? Nothing. Without love? Nothing. See, God's plan for you is said so simply and clearly, and it is very basic, but it is often missed because we're looking for the grandiose side, that, that destiny is a daily decision. what is destiny? And so we're looking at the, the grandiose side of it instead of the daily side of it. And Jeremiah 29:11 says, "For I know the plans I have for you," declares the Lord. Not casually, says the Lord. No, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. There's some things God declares. There's something God suggests, but this is one that he's not suggesting he is declaring over your life and his plans your destiny and the purposes that he has for your life they are plans to prosper you not to harm you they are plans to give you a hope and a future that's something to celebrate can we thank god this morning if you're at home watching online can you thank god right in your living room That the plans that he has for you, that even though you walk through a fire, you will not be burned. Even though Daniel got told on and said, oh, but Daniel, he's the one that's still praying to you. You need to throw him into the the lions. Then guess what? The lion did not even come and get him. He was preserved because the goodness of God and the plan of God is for our hope and for our future. Amen. Are there any parents here that you felt like this week you were on number 324 days of, uh, of a snow day? You were on number 324. It was only number three. But I was like, I feel like it's 324. Lord, please not number 325. Maybe you have to work from home or maybe you just felt like, oh, I just need a change of scenery. And, you know, I really deep down, like, I love a good snow day. Anybody else? But I think I romanticize it just a little bit. I really, if I'm honest, I really love newly married, no kids, Kyle and Liz snow days I think about movie marathons I think about sleeping in I think about bundling up and hand in hand walking through the tree-lined streets with the snow just covering the trees that little kiss that you give to one another and then you come in and Kyle makes me a fire and I pour a cup of coffee and we just sit cozy by the fire was that what your snow days were like this week That's the kind of snow days I really think about. And then I awakened to the rude reality, very rude reality, that this really means that all three of our kids will be home. I'm okay with it the first day. But the third day, I'm just going to be honest. I know I'm a sweet mom, but I'm telling you by the third day, I'm like, it's time to get back to school, babies. I'm having to work from home, do all these things, write message, counsel people, work on this, all the things with three kids running around like crazy. I realize the reality is them running in and out of our house, tracking in wet sludge over and over and over. Why do I continue to swiffer it right when they come in? I don't know. Just work. It's my workout right now, okay? Okay. Dirty footprints and wet winter attire literally strung all the way through our house, and our house is not that big, into our bedroom. I'm like, how did your snow boots get in the shower? That would be Graham David. They're stir-crazy, 10-year-old boy, super active, and then they're constantly wanting another snack. How can you possibly want another snack? I just gave you a snack. But it's endless. So yesterday, it was Saturday, so obviously not a snow day, but all of the kids' sports, which our kids are in, Blair's in soccer, she just made a competitive team, so she's got a lot going on, Graham's in basketball, and, but all of their sports got canceled and we were kind of like, oh man, it would have been good to get out of the house. And so we're at home, and I had made breakfast, and now Kyle and I were studying. And just a little side note, I had already cleaned the kitchen. That will apply later. And um, we were just studying. We were getting some things done. Kyle's had a lot going on this week and other travel. And then he, had a, he had another speaking engagement this morning. And we're getting th- things done, making sure we're on the same page. Maybe a little low energy, maybe a little grumpiness, not me but Kyle, <laughs> from fasting. You know, I don't know if it's just us fruit of the spirit is working in us. Say that again. The fruit of the spirit is working in us. And so I decided I just need to go into the kitchen to get some water. So I went into the kitchen to get some water and the kids had decided without asking us that they are going to make homemade bread. Do they know how to make bread? Do I know how to make bread? No, I buy bread. I don't make it. I don't need it. The sourdough thing that everyone did, I don't know how to do that. That's great. Good for you. Teach me. But my kids have this brilliant idea that they're now going to make bread. And they literally, I just cleaned the kitchen. And they had flour strung everywhere. Grandma's doing trick shots with whole eggs. He is cracking eggs in ways that should not be cracked. Goldie is standing on the kitchen island living her very best life. And as I come in, they made it very clear to me that they did not need my input in any way. No recipe, no recipe. No checklist for ingredients or timing or the degrees that they should actually bake this bread at. Nothing. No steps. And so I just let him be. I was like, babe, they're in there making bread. They got this. They kneaded it. They did whatever they did to it, okay? They put it in the oven, and it actually started to smell good. I don't know if that was the fasting talking, But I'm like, man, this really smells good. And they got it out of the oven, and they pulled it out, and they let it cool. And then we went to cut the bread, and I just have a little bit of a piece for you. I mean, this weighs seven pounds. I would not suggest anybody eating it. You might have some problems. And I think David might have been able to kill Goliath with this. It was hard as a rock. (laughs) And you know, I love their, their passion and their pursuit. It was actually quite cute. And their plan. But they were missing some steps. They had all the zeal in the world, and I love that they thought that they could figure it out. But they were missing a few ingredients and timing to see the finished product turn out delicious. And so today and the remainder of my time, I want to give you a daily destiny to-do list, a checklist, some ingredients, because we believe at Kingdom City Church, destiny is a daily decision. You can get all excited about the the destiny or the bread that you're going to bake, but if you don't have the proper checklist, the to-do list, the timing, and the ingredients, it is not going to turn out in a way that is practical, applicable, or something that is even useful for your life. And your destiny is not there to make you look important. Your destiny is not there to make you be like, look, I'm better than other people around me. No, our destiny is to be of service to the people around us. Is there anybody else that likes a to-do list? And I'm the girl that if there's three things on the to-do list, I got to add three more. Like that's not good enough for me. I can do more than three things in one day. I need like 10. I need like impossible. And I know I'm setting myself up for failure kind of to-do list. But I want to give you a to-do list today, a daily destiny to-do list, because destiny is A daily decision. The first thing, if you would write this down on our daily destiny to do list, is kingdom first. Kingdom first. And it's not kingdom first for 21 days at the beginning of a year, it's kingdom first daily. The reason why we do 21 days of prayer and fasting, because I know there's a lot more information out there now, but I would just say blanket statement wise, it is believed that it takes 21 days to create a new habit in your life. And we end up being who, what we do habitually. So the reason why we do 21 days is not because it's long and it's arduous. We do it so that it can actually create new habits and systems internally that would drive our life in a new direction consistently. So kingdom first daily. Every day, we already said this, you have to make Jesus your king, Jesus. Some days you wake up not feeling that, right? I want to be king. I want to be queen today. I want to do what I want when I want to do it. Forget about the responsibilities. Forget about what God is speaking. But no, every single day, if we're not just going to be people that are saying we're believers, no, we're actually becoming disciples, followers of Jesus Christ. Kingdom first. Matthew six thirty three. Seek first the kingdom of God and all the other things. He says, I'll add them to your life. Why don't you trust God with some of the things you desire to be added to your life? Why don't you actually challenge yourself to say, I'm not going to be perfect at it, but God, I'm going to put you first, and I'm just going to see what you add to my life. The second thing today, and that's something we should do daily for our destiny, is that we should get passionate about planning. You're like, well, that's kind of weird. Passionate about planning? Yeah, if you're going to realize the destiny, realize the fullness of the personality that God gave you, some nature, some nurture, some life experiences, certain things even in our environment shape us and make us, then understand what really is my gifting and my talents. Am I an introvert? Am I an extrovert? Do I love working with people? Do I like to be more alone? Do I like systems and structure? Or do I like big ideas and planning. What, how are you made? And then begin to apply that to your career, to your marriage, to your parenting, to your dreams, and to your goals. You've got to get passionate about planning. I want to ask you, how well have you planned out this year? In your marriage, what are your goals? In your parenting, what are your goals? We've sat down with our children, all three, well not Goldie, all two of them. They have written down goals. They have goals that not only we have set, but they have set them with us. They're written down for this year in their life. Passionate about planning. Because this is what it says in Proverbs sixteen nine: The, the mind of man plans his way, but it is the Lord that directs his steps. I think so often we think when we hear things like that, we think about the sovereignty of God and we think, well, then if God directs my steps, then what does it even matter? But that is not what this is saying. This is saying, I gave you free will. I gave you cues to who you are. If it lines up and doesn't disagree with my word, go ahead. Don't wait for all the stars to align. Don't just live in the grandioseness of my destiny. What do you want to do this year? What do you want to accomplish this year? Where can your marriage look more like Christ? How can you grow in communication? How can you help disciple and parent your children? What are some fun things you wanna do this year? How are you gonna Sabbath this year and restore and let God do something new in your life? What are some experiences that you wanna experience this year? We wanna encourage you that if we believe that destiny is a daily decision, then we have to get passionate about planning. Passionate about planning. The next thing, if we're really going to unpack our destiny and something every day that we can say, man, I can do this today, it's on my to-dos, is to get good at gratitude. Everybody say that. Say, "Get get good at gratitude. When you're really good at gratitude, you can't be entitled. When you're really good at gratitude, I know we've heard it say a lot that gratitude takes what's not enough and turns it into enough. It reframes narratives, it reframes stories, it reframes, it realizes even at times things could be worse, and I am going to be grateful for what I have because the foundations of abundance, and God came to give you life in all of its fullness until it overflows, but the foundation for abundance in every area of our lives is gratitude. First Thessalonians 5.18 says this. Give thanks in all circumstances. Wow. I think I've had a few circumstances in 2023 that I did not want to give thanks in. But then I was reminded, just go ahead and give thanks, Liz, in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So what is the will of God for us every day? destiny is a daily decision oh wow I don't really want to do this job anymore God I'm over it well I'm going to give thanks in all things man this isn't the this isn't what I thought where I would be you know in in life at this point man I thought there were God you were going to already do I'm going to give thanks in all things man, I'm getting a little, our marriage doesn't feel like it used to look like. And, and man, I, I wish, I wish he would grow. I wish she would grow. No, I'm just going to give thanks in all things. I'm going to look for the things I can be grateful for. I'm going to mine out the things that I can be grateful for. I'm going to look at things and look for the good and look for what God's done and look for what God is doing on the inside of me. What is that trial producing? What is that trouble done on the inside of me? me because with our God, all things work together for the good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. We got to get good at Gratitude Church. We got to get good. We should hold ourselves accountable to get with each other, to get good at gratitude. I think this is a big rock. This should go to actually probably point number one in our life. Because when you get good at gratitude, a lot of other things begin to come into alignment in your life. You know, our kids, they have, we started them, they have a reading program that they're on for the whole year of 2024 and it started on January 1st and they have their routine before school that they have to do, their time with the Lord, they have a leadership books they read every month and their allowance at the end of the month, their spending money is determined by if they fulfill the plan that we set in motion for them. It's not that hard, it's very doable, but it takes discipline. And the thing that we do at the end of the day all together is that they, we give, we gave both Blair and Graham a gratitude journal. So they have this gratitude journal. And do they want to do it? No. They're like, Mom, oh my goodness, today I have to do this again. I'm like, Yes, today we have to do this again. And we get it out and we make them read it to us and it tells us, and they have to write three things they're grateful for. It goes through all of the emotion spectrum, the emotions that they felt that day. They have to draw a picture of, of their day so you kind of can see where, what they're thinking about. And we do all this. Well, the first day they're like, I'm grateful for God. I'm grateful for my parents. I'm grateful for home. Right. The next day, different order. I'm grateful for home. I'm grateful for dad. I'm grateful for donuts. The next day, same thing. I'm grateful for my house now. I'm grateful for my mom. And now the third one was my dad. So we had to talk to them. Hey, kids, you can't write the same thing every day. The beauty of doing this all year long is that it forces you to get a little bit more detailed in what you're grateful for. How about you're grateful you have heat in your house when some people don't in snowstorms? How about you're grateful for the bed? How about you're grateful that you actually have shoes on your feet that you actually like? And so over these last couple weeks, we've seen them get good at gratitude. They've started to write, and then you start hearing from their little hearts and heads of the things they really are grateful for. And they're starting to frame their world with, oh, wow, I don't really deserve that, or I haven't earned that, or I'm not going to take advantage of that. I'm thankful for my school. They love their school. They love their friends at school. And I'm like, well, write one of the names down. What is the name of the friend that you're grateful for? We got to get good at gratitude. And I believe as adults, if we can lead the charge at getting good at gratitude, we truly can leave a lasting impact and change the world. If you lead a company, you lead a department, you lead a home, if you can walk with your leadership and lead from a place of gratitude, you will transform the lives, not only professionally, but personally of the people that are around you. The next thing on our daily destiny to-do list is to turn your pain into purpose. Who in here has walked through pain? Just keep your hands up. Some sort, some kind of pain. Physical, mental, emotional. We all have. And we think sometimes, I think when it's the greater level maybe of trauma or disappointment, We think that turning pain into purpose is once again a big grandiose destiny opportunity. Someone's going to come and video me and tell my story. And then someone's going to find out. And then Taylor Swift is going to see it at the Chiefs game. It's my moment, everybody. Hello. Nice to meet you. But really, you will wait your whole life seeing pain, Turned into purpose if you think that way. Because destiny truly is a daily decision. And people that turn their pain into purpose are people that do it daily. Second Corinthians 4, 17 and 18 says, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, what perspective? is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. See, you have to, and I want to speak to some people that this year, maybe in your praying and in your fasting, you are asking God that that place of pain would be turned into purpose. And I want to speak a word of encouragement to your heart and into your life. That you don't have to wait for some miraculous breakthrough. You don't have to wait for some shiny moment. You can get with Jesus every single day. The mercy of God is new for you every day. The grace of God is not a little supply for you. The grace of God is more than enough for you. And it will show up in your weakness. In the most marvelous ways, if you will embrace it as an everyday choice, and everyday decision. Because if you wait and don't get started, you stay in the same spot. But when every day you're taking that step pain into purpose. Pain into purpose? How can I change my mentality to pain into purpose? Where do I think like a victim and I need to think like a victorious daughter of the Most High God? Turning your pain into purpose. And I want to encourage you, it is a daily decision. And if you have been doing that and no one has said, Well done, I want to say, Well done to you today. Well done. It's a courageous decision. It's a courageous place to live. It's a strong place to live. When you say, God, I'm going to lay that down at your feet, and I'm going to trust you to make up the difference, and he will in ways that you didn't even see coming. Turn your pain into purpose. The next one on our to do list, I told you I didn't like short to do lists. Real quickly, is to bear each other's burdens. Bear each other's burdens. That is our destiny. Becoming a contributing part of people's lives, becoming a contributing member in your church family. Becoming a contributing member in somebody's life where you really make a difference in their life. So often in the Western world, we carry our own burdens. We do life alone, isolated in our own little places and spaces. Sometimes we even get obsessed with our own burdens. So much so that we can't even see that there are other people around us that their burden might not look like our burden, but they have burdens too. They have burdens that they bear and that they carry. And the Bible says in Galatians 6 verse 2 is bear one another's burdens. Gosh, that's really practical, isn't it? I mean, that's like super practical. But then it goes from practical to theological really, really quick. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Wow. So you mean when I bear somebody's burdens, that's not just like, oh, a little act of kindness. I'm fulfilling the law of Christ, which we know because based on Scripture, to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then to go a step deeper and combine Him and to love our neighbor as ourselves, it fulfills all the law and all the prophets. Everything from Genesis to Revelations is found in Jesus and in us living that out. You mean I bear somebody's burden? I lift the weight for them for a minute. I choose to see life from their perspective. I ask God daily, how can I make a difference in somebody's life? I can fulfill the law of Christ. Kingdom City Church, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to myself as well. If we can just take that to heart, that I want more of what God has, his purpose, my destiny, and I'm gonna get intentional, not just doing kind things to look good to get what you want from somebody. That's not bearing a burden. How can I serve my spouse in a way that I bear his burdens? How can I bear my children's burdens? How can I look at a few close people around me and try to bear their burden, right? So that I can fulfill the law of Christ. It's weighty. Think about it. Go read it for yourself this week. And I want to end with this on our daily destiny to-do list. How are you doing? Are you good? Are you learning anything? is you have to fight for faith. You have to fight for your faith. The keys can go ahead and come up. You have to learn to do that in your life. You go to a prayer night, has anybody been coming to prayer at all? 6 a.m.ers in the freezing cold, you're a legend and a warrior we've got prayer here happening in the mornings. We have Wednesday prayer happening out south. If you've never walked the south building, why it looks like an apocalyptic room. It's hilarious. Um, You should come. You walk that room. Kyle does it every day. He's done it every day for about three months. Drops the kids off at school and he goes and walks south. And he has these laps that he does. And every lap has a different theme. And You begin to pray over an empty space that was a Gordman's. I don't even like Gordman's. But a Gordman's can become a house of God. It can be a place where tens of thousands of people start crowning Jesus, King Jesus. You can take simple, ordinary, weird to something that's holy in a house of God that reflects the beauty of God. It's amazing, it'll change you. But often in worship is Judson and in Priscilla and the team and Chris Kaye that leads that. Let us so awesome in worship. The spirit of God was here. Eli's a part of that. I mean, he has a guitar on and he's playing the keyboard. Who is this guy? (laughs) Next time he's going to have a saxophone. We're going to make that happen. You get inspired. You hear God speak something awesome to your heart. You get a little glimpse of the future of what God wants to do in you, and it's something that, like, man, I couldn't do it on my own, and, oh, my gosh, I get so excited about it, and I wrote it down in my journal, and I told somebody about it, or maybe I didn't tell anyone about it because they're going to think I'm weird. And we get back to our Monday and our Tuesday, and doubt just becomes the playlist of our life. God didn't say that. Who are you to think I'd ever do that through you? You're not good enough. Have you looked at your life? You think you're smart enough for that? You think God can move that kind of mountain? Just look at your mountains. Look at that mountain and that mountain. Oh, well, there's no way there's no way that's going to happen because you got too many mountains. Well, I think we serve a God that says, "Speak to the mountain and be removed." And the Bible says it will be cast into the sea. That we don't speak about our mountains, we speak to mountains and they have to obey in the name of Jesus Christ. Because when Jesus is king over your life, everything is possible. When Jesus is king over your heart, girl, don't settle for any guy that comes knocking. You wait for God's highest and God's best. We have to learn as believers to fight for our faith. 1 Timothy 6.12, where Paul is writing a letter to Timothy, someone he discipled and raised up. And now Timothy is pastoring, and Paul, obviously, what, what a warrior. You really read his life, and man, it'll make you really think about your faith. Here he was, we still talk about him today, but he lives most of his life in prison. He went through so many hardships. You're like, well, is God good? Paul thought God was still good. Paul was still all in on Jesus. That's the kind of revelation Paul carried of Christ. And so he wrote to Timothy. And see, Paul was thinking the long game. He wasn't thinking a short-term goal. Oh, raise up another disciple and make him a pastor and plant another church. And now we've got 10 church campuses. He wasn't thinking like that. He already had that. He was thinking of the long game. And so he said to Timothy in 1 Timothy 6.12, Hey, Timothy, don't forget. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. And I wanna just speak over our church, over your life, over your heart, over your dreams and over your desires. Kyle and I pray and our team prays that this year would be a year. That not in your, just your grit, we need grit, we need resilience. But by the grace and the supply of the spirit, you would fight the good fight of faith. That you would dare believe that you could lay hold of the prize that Christ has called you to. 2 Corinthians 4.18, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. There are some things that are for right now. There are some things that in your life and even in your pursuit of God, even maybe on your list of what you want God to do this year, it still might be a not yet. And then there's some things that are held for eternity. And as believers, if destiny is a daily decision, we have to get really good at that daily destiny to-do list to say today, did I fight the good fight of faith? Did I listen to the voices that encourage me? No, baby, you keep running on after Jesus. No, you keep honoring in that place. No, you keep cultivating and getting good at gratitude. I know there's a lot of negative things you could think about, No, let's get good at gratitude. Oh, no, don't stop fighting that fight of faith. It's not a bad fight. It's a good fight. And God is working. And God is moving in what you cannot see. And the ingredient list for the recipe of your destiny, he knows what he's doing. And he does not miss a beat. He doesn't miss an ingredient. He doesn't leave it in five minutes too long like me. He knows what he's doing. Moses said in Psalms 90:12, "Teach us to number our days." So it's daily. Daily what you do. Your destiny is daily. So that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Kingdom first. Passionate about planning. We're getting good at gratitude every day, turning our pain into purpose, bearing each other's burdens, not just wrapped up in our own. And every day, because destiny is a daily decision, we are choosing to fight for our faith. If you'd bow your head and close your eyes. See, destiny truly is a daily decision And I wonder, those that are watching online, the minute Lansing, and everyone in the room this morning, I wonder if there's a step of faith that you need to take today. And maybe the very first step that you need to do is you need to take that step into crowning Jesus, the king over your life, the king over your future, the king over any disappointment that you would ever walk in or have walked in he wants to be king he wants to be lord he loves you so much he is pursuing you He doesn't want perfection from you. He doesn't want religion from you. He doesn't want performance from you. He wants you. He wants all of you. He wants your heart. He wants your soul. He wants you to talk to him and share with him what is going on in your life. He wants to get involved. He wants to redeem the things that the enemy meant for harm. But God, in all of his grace, simply for you, wants to turn for your good and use it for his glory. He won't hurt you, take advantage of you. Someone online needs to hear that today. He doesn't do things that are really nice to get more or something out of you. He does it because he loves you. He will care for your heart. He is mindful of you. He is kind toward you. He just disciplines you because he loves you. So I don't know if that's you today. And you need to give your heart over to Jesus. Invite him in to be the Lord and the Savior of your life. As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, just take a minute and examine your heart. Is that you today? So under the sound of my voice, with every head bowed and every eye closed, even online, a holy moment, if that's you and today you would say, I need to crown Jesus King and I need to surrender my life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, would you just lift your hand up so that I can see? Just lift your hand up, I see your hand, I see your hand. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Is there anybody else in this place? Nine. It's beautiful. It's incredible. We are so proud of you. Ten. You can put your hands down. We say this prayer together at Kingdom City Church because the Word of God says that if we confess with our mouth and then believe with our heart that Jesus died and rose again, we receive eternal salvation. And we believe that we don't have to do this perfect or all alone, but we can do this together in community, and then we get to walk it out together in community. So can we all pray and repeat this prayer after me? Say, Dear Heavenly Father... I surrender my life, life. I surrender my heart heart. to you. I trust you. I ask you you to reveal to me me more of my destiny, destiny. the purpose, the plan that you have for my life and help me me. live it out daily. daily. I I confess my sins and I receive your forgiveness And you are now my Lord and my Savior. I will walk with you all the days of my life. And it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, can we go ahead and celebrate every person that lifted their hand? We celebrate what God is doing in your life. We celebrate that decision. It's not a small decision. It's the greatest decision that you'll ever make.